It's time for Wolo and Friends on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Presented by Homer Skelton Hyundai. Here is your host, the voice of the Tigers, Dave Woloshin. Welcome in, everybody. Good morning. Will the Tigers be ranked today? Tigers won a classic on Saturday. They overcame a whole lot. And now, maybe as a ranked team against another ranked team, they will take on Virginia. That will be tomorrow. We will talk with Jason Munns at the... Last part of the show about that showdown and about the classic that we all saw on Saturday. What a great crowd. By the way, tomorrow, another big day. Will Ja play in New Orleans? How good will this team be? The way I'm looking at it, they'll need to be about 13 games over 500 to make the play-in. Is there any chance? Gotta wonder. And we'll be caught talking... Later in the week with Pete Prenica about just that. He will see how the team meshes with John. We got medals coming your way. John Thompson on college football. As always, on Monday, we are busy. As far as the Tigers go, what a crowd. Uh, the the 15,000 close to accurate, you know they always will jiggle the numbers slightly, but it was into it. It was loud. I know there's uh, our friend Tim Buckley at the Daily Memphian sort of took a shot at the age of the Tigers crowd. Those people are passionate, though. Those people care about this team. Those people showed up, and they were terrific. As all the players, by the way, Quinterly and Jordan, the two that really met the press, they were very vocal about how much they appreciated that. I think Naquan Tomlin... Uh, was asked by some people about what he thought of the crowd. He thought it was amazing. That's the kid that could possibly be eligible tomorrow for the Virginia game. It's it's just got to be a matter of getting all the grades from K-State. He's already walked the aisle. He's already graduated. Everybody knows he's passed, but they have to be posted or somehow the school's got to be notified that he's got this particular grade, that he passed this particular course, which he has. Then he's automatically in because I think he's already sort of been enrolled at the U of M for the next semester. So here's the bottom line. He could play tomorrow. If not, I think they have to post the grades at Kansas State by Wednesday. So he's eligible to play against Vanderbilt on Saturday for sure. If he's eligible to play tomorrow, how many how many minutes do you think we, you, we, you get from him? Five minutes, six minutes, eight minutes, about that's about it. Working him in. Remember, this kid has not played basketball since last March in the Elite Eight run for Kansas State. So he can't possibly be in any kind of game shape. He looked pretty good. He was in the house on Saturday. Looked like, you know, he's wearing a black sweatshirt, so I couldn't quite tell exactly uh, the physical condition. But when he stood up, he looked like he was in pretty good shape. We'll see. It's going to be a lot of fun. This kid has the potential to really help the University of Memphis in a big way. They got big help. From Malco. They got big help from Quinterly. He was in control. Everybody played a role. I still think Jaquan Walton is a sacrifice guy, hitting the boards hard, doing all the little things. I know his shot is off. But here's the key. When you go 4 of 26 from three-point range, when you miss five critical free throws down the stretch, you still win the game? That shows you mental toughness. That shows you, as Javon Quinterly said, we did not let the misses affect our defensive game, which is the difference, he said, between the Ole Miss loss, where they were 3 of 18, I believe. 3 of 18, this time it's 4 of 26. But in the Ole Miss game, they let it bother them. And the other facets of the game. In this one, they did not. 
and that was against previously undefeated Clemson, which, by the way, their coach Brad Brunel, he basically said he was impressed with the crowd. And don't forget, they play at Duke, and they play at North Carolina. So he, he was appreciative of the atmosphere. So bottom line is, if you're not ranked today after you have beaten two straight ranked teams, it's really three in total. Because when Memphis beat Arkansas, they were 17th in the country. Three Ws against ranked teams already and still not in the books. Not in the ratings that might help you with seeding later on. That's tough. But I think that ends today. I, uh, I, I'll be shocked if they are not in the top 25. And again, the way they defended, the way they did the little things, it was impressive. Because when you overcome what they did with that shooting and free throw shooting at the end, they hit their first 12 free throws. So fatigue and, I got to think, pressure. Pressure took... A little bit of its toll on the Tigers on Saturday, but they will carry forth. Your impression, Zach Boyd, of what you saw on Saturday? Yeah, that's basically what you said. Because typically, when when they've been playing up against these ranked opponents, like you know, I mean, they're, they're still the the element of if you know the Tigers being up and then the their opponents put pressure on them in the backcourt, try to get turnovers to speed them up. But I mean, like you said, like the, you you kind of you kind of starting to see these guys kind of figure you know figure this uh, uh figure this thing out and like you mentioned with the old miss where where they they let their defense they let their offense affect their defense i mean the last couple of rank of uh, playing these ranked teams their defense has been on point um even when their offense has not been on point as a team maybe individually but as a team it hasn't all right you know what else we do on monday zach boyd what is that we do medals Medals brought to you by our title sponsor. That's Genesis of Olive Branch. Genesis of Olive Branch, where you can find the GV70 and the GV80. Those are the sport utilities that are made by Genesis. That luxury car with all the new technology, all the bells, all the whistles, that incredible ride. They have special financing and a price on those GV70s and GV80s. Go see Vinny, the crazy Canadian, at Genesis of Olive Branch at the corner of Craft Road and Highway 78. I'm going to start with one you're not going to like, Zach Boyd. I'm going to give a bronze medal to James Cook, the Buffalo offensive line because they plowed through the Dallas Cowboys last night in Buffalo, in rain. They were outstanding. Cook, 25 carries, 179 yards, and a touchdown. The offensive line paved the way for 266 total yards on the ground. I believe Josh Allen only passed for 94 yards, and yet... This Buffalo team dominated Dallas and one of the best offenses we've seen all year, Dak Prescott and the Cowboys. They could do nothing. They scored 10 points. They got a meaningless touchdown at the end of the game. All Buffalo and the running game. I've got two silver medals. The first one to the San Francisco 49ers. That clinched the NFC West for the second straight year. They killed Arizona 45-29 yesterday. So, they win their division. They have the best record in the NFC at 11-3. And they're tied with Baltimore for the best overall record in the NFL at 11-3. Both those teams right now... If you started the playoffs, they would be the two that would get the bye for the first round of the playoffs. Then I got to give a silver medal, Giannis Antetokounmpo. The Milwaukee Buck big man broke the Milwaukee franchise record that was owned by Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, by the way. 7,165 career rebounds in a Bucks uniform for Giannis. And how many more years do you think Giannis has to play? My gosh. He could probably go another 10 years. That is going to be obliterated. It's hard to believe he's already got 7,165 rebounds. But he does. And that's the new record for the Bucks. He got a silver medal for me for that because he's going to really increase that by a ton. And then the gold has to go to the Tigers. Toughness beating 
formerly unbeaten Clemson, getting another, the third ranked team to go down this year, and they did it with poor shooting, poor free throw shooting at the end, yet they toughed it out. So all I can say is pretty darn impressive, worthy of a gold from me. Zach Boyd, your good medals. My medals. Uh, I want to give out with a bronze. I want to start with a bronze. Uh, one, I want to give it to the Panthers and the Texans. Ba- uh, Panthers are a bad team, but they end up getting a win. So that's good for them, but I don't know if that's good for them, I guess, from a drafting standpoint. But, hey, win's a win. Win's a win. And then uh, the Texans don't ha- didn't have C.J. Stroud, didn't have Tankdale, didn't have Nico Collins. And yet they still win. <laughs> they beat the Titans on the road. Titans are the field Titans are a mess. Oh man. I mean Derrick Henry's just not as effective. If you can't run and you're with that team, you're in trouble. Another bronze. This is my second bronze. I'm getting that to the LA Dodgers. You you get you go out and you get Shohei Otani. Yeah. And then you flip around and you go get the uh Glass you now. go get the Rays ace. Uh, ace pitcher yeah, in Glass Tyler now. Glass. Isn't that his name? Yeah. That's pretty that's a pretty good offseason for the well, for the Dodgers. You should give some of that medal to Shoei because he's the guy that came up with the idea with all the deferred money. According to everybody, he that was he was saying the same sort of deal to the Giants, by the way. Yeah. His whole point was I'm gonna cost you money, but I don't want it to cost right now because I want to put a team together where I can win a championship. And the Dodgers bid on it. Mm. And they've already made the first move to get that pitcher. Poor Rays. Poor Rays always lose great players. Isn't it amazing? <laughs> uh, silver medals. Not, not a whole lot of upsets this week, uh, Dave. No. I mean, I mean, considering you know Kentucky, you know they they knocked off a top ten team this week. But I really don't really. Consider Did you see that how upsets. that game finished? North Carolina had a chance to tie and win the game, and they. Take a timeout. They draw up an inbound play. This could be a rust, but but I, I didn't give them one. Um, and and they inbound the ball, and the guy that inbounds it comes right back in. He's supposed to get the ball back. He apparently wasn't paying attention, and so the ball hits him near his side and back because he wasn't looking. Mm. Hate to see it. But upsets, uh, obviously, with the Tigers winning. Uh, but unit, Tigers win was not is, an upset. Uh, Tigers were favored by two and a half in that game. Yeah. And then it went to three and a half. It actually went up right before game time. We were wondering, do we not know something? Is Tomlin playing in this game? I mean, what's the deal here? Because the line went up to three and a half. Yeah. And, uh, so shout out to UNLV. And also, Chicago State knocking off <laughs> Northwestern. <laughs> Wasn't expecting no, that on a Tuesday That hurts night. Northwestern, right? When it comes to... Net time later on when you lose to a team. Oh, what was their net? I wonder. Chicago State's. That's a bad loss for they Northwestern. Were, they, I think they were like in the two hundreds, two thirty. That's another. Say. You know. I, I mean, we'll talk about this with Mike DeCourcy. I don't know. Like FAU, they got that one terrible loss to Bryant. They got a couple of nice wins. Yet their net is so high. Memphis, even with the W over Clemson. And AM back to back, like their net is still in the mid 30s. Yeah. They don't have a bad loss. They only have two losses one to a Villanova team that then did lose a bunch of games after that. So that didn't help. And then Ole Miss, that hasn't lost. Right. How is their net not better? I don't understand that either. Don't either. And then my goal, just like, uh, like yours, the Tigers, knocking off Clemson, another ranked opponent goes down. And so hopefully you just keep the trend going. You got Virginia this Tuesday night. So yeah, thing, things starting to look 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 uh, things starting looking up for the Tigers. I think they're looking way up. You realize if they win tomorrow, and that's a big if. Uh, the line I have not seen come out yet. Probably won't come out till later tonight. Um, if they win that game, now they're nine and two. With Vandy, they'll be big-time favorites over Vandy on Saturday, then an Austin P game before you head to Tulsa and you start conference play. So if you win that game tomorrow, you should end up confer- uh, non-conference play out of your 13 non-conference games. You should end up 11-2. and two. 
And within those 11 wins, I believe six of those could be, or maybe even seven, quad one wins. I mean, that's incredible. Now you got to do that. The worst you're going to be, I think, is, is, is 10 and 3, which is basically what I had them preseason. To run this gamut, if they go 11 and 2 in this gamut with those wins, that's incredible. By the way, the last time, and I gotta, I, I'm going to give Munzee a lot of credit. He went back and looked at this. The last time, well, I shouldn't say last time. The the Tigers are playing three ranked teams in a row. It's only the fifth time in a hundred years in school history that the Tigers have played three ranked teams in a row. But that's what they got to do with this conference. They're going to be in. This is going to be a little like, you know, Gonzaga was, where. Um, you play this monstrous non-conference, and then you hope you don't lose your competitive fire because you're going to be playing so many teams that are uh, just very poor net teams, teams that are are not as competitive as the ones you've played in the non-conference until you get to Florida Atlantic at the end. I do like the fact that those two Florida Atlantic games are toward the end of the year so that at least you get geared up again for the better competition, most likely. On paper, you would think Memphis will play FAU three times in about three weeks or less because they'll play them, hopefully, in the championship game of the American Athletic Conference Tournament down in Fort Worth or over in Fort Worth. Finally, we've come to rust medals. I should give Zach Boyd a rust. I'm not going to do it because he's on the phone not paying attention, but he's... He was 0-2 in our bull picks. He's lost, he's, he's missed his last eight picks. Woo! I was 1-1, one one, Boise and UCLA, the difference. I'm not going to give you a, a rust sack, but you realize you have not had a winner in two weeks. No. You it's were, okay. You though. were 0-2 in your bulls. I was 1-1 one one because of UCLA. All right. UCLA did nothing in the first half, changed quarterbacks, and that was the difference in the game. Did you watch any of that? They should have stuck with. They should have stuck with the first one. No, maybe I would have won a game. You, you would have won a game. Uh, no, but my rust goes to Steph Curry. It's hard for me to give a guy a rust. His team actually won the game, but Steph Curry had an unbelievable record come to an end. He had hit at least one three in 268 straight games. The last time he did not hit a three in a game was five years ago, in 2018. That's when the streak began. It came to an end last night. 218 straight games last night against Portland. 0 for 8. The end of just an incredible run of unbelievable shooting prowess. Your rust? My rust. Uh, you, you, you pretty much... Started off at the top with your list, with your medals. Uh, my rushes goes to my Cowboys. That was that was that was really hard to watch. That was a hard. That was a hard. What do you think watch. happened? Was it just the rain? Uh, just the fact that you know they're do a stinker. I do believe every every year there's going to be at least one stinker for yeah. every team in the NFL where just everything goes wrong. I, I think that was the Cowboys. Yeah, stinker like last don't night. like don't get me wrong. Like you went. You win six straight games, and you still got like an additional four before you get to the playoffs. Like, I knew, I knew one of the one, one of the next four games was going to be a loss because there's no way in the world you're going to go into the playoffs uh, on a ten game winning streak. Now, do, do you want the loss? That's the other. That's aspect, the thing. Right? Like, I don't want the loss, but it's like it's just innate. In some me some just teams to say think that. you should take a loss that it actually helps you in the long run, wakes you up. I guess, but you know, not like this. Yeah. Like you just lost the line of scrimmage. Last night, boy, they did. Uh, especially the Buffalo offensive line. That was yeah. pretty impressive. I can't remember a team in a long time running the football for 266 yards, which also, by the way, gave you time of possession by 10 minutes because they kept the ball. They had one drive. And I think the Cowboys. This is where the game ended, basically, in my mind. Cowboys came out, had the ball to start the second half. They actually had the ball to end the first half pretty much. Could do nothing with it. Then they get the ball to start the second half. I think they picked up one first down maybe, and then that was it. And then 
Buffalo had an unbelievable run down your throat, eight-minute drive, scored, and that ended the game. And that was it. Yeah, but you're right. It was just it was it was it was just rough to watch because you just knew like there there's just nothing. Anything that the Cowboys threw at them, it was just nothing, nothing, nothing. Line of scrimmage is is exactly right. Uh, my other rust, uh, and I'm trying to find this game here. Um, I don't know if you recall, but and this is and this is and this is something I, f- I forgot to mention last week. North Dakota State played a team that's called Oak Hills Christian College. Okay, Are you so this aware is, of, of, of no? Nah, but this is—is is this the uh, South Dakota State or North Dakota State? They're both the FCS playoffs, right? Yes. This is what you, we used to call Division One AA. Right. Yeah. So North Dakota State decided, uh, agreed to play this game with uh, Oak Hill, uh, Oak Hill Christian College, and the final score, uh, Dave. Was, was this w- in the playoffs or is this the no, last no, regular season? No, no, this season? is a regular. This is a basketball game. Oh, basketball. This okay. is basketball. Uh, okay, okay, so okay. Final score, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, it was like one hundred four to fourteen. Oh my gosh! And yeah, my I, rust goes to the athletic department for that for that college for even there's, scheduling it. There's no way in the world. I get it. It might it might have been a buy-in game for them. They probably need the money. But there's no way in the world you're gonna set set these uh, student athletes up to fail like this and only score 14 points in that's, a basketball game. That is tough. 104 14. Who? I'm with it's you. It's crazy. That's a good rust. I like it. I like it a lot. You know the weather can be a little chilly this time of year for. Golf, which means Sheldon Rosengarten with Mark Spensdorf Realtors is not able to play golf. So you know what that means, don't you? He's selling lots of homes and he's not losing golf balls in the lakes or the woods or in somebody's backyard. Now, he's been selling homes for a long time and he knows the ins and outs to get you the most for your home. He doesn't give you a lot of fluff. He tells it exactly like it is. He's developed this highly successful strategic marketing program that can mean the difference in what you make and when. Now, Sheldon, who developed this thing, will stick by it. So he's pretty adamant. You got to go his way. But in the end, you are the winner. So if you or someone you know is thinking of selling, Sheldon says, hey, talk to two or three real estate brokers. Just make sure he's one of them. And then you'll find out why people say when you want the job done, you call Sheldon. Reach him at 483-0546 or Memphis Relocate. Dot com. Do it now or write it down for later. Three uh, four eight three zero five four six or Memphis Relocate. Dot com. We take a quick timeout. When we come back, we head to Atlanta. Our coach to talk bowls and portals and transfers and opt outs and everything else. Bowls and all kinds of crazy stuff. John Thompson comes your way in just a minute. Add a little fun to your lunch break. Join Johnny Radio for Sports 56 Happy Hour from 11 to 1 every weekday on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now, back to Wolo and Friends on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM, presented by Homer Skelton Hyundai. Here once again is the voice of the Tigers, Dave Woloshin. Holidays are coming up. You know that. we got Christmas a week from today. Hope you've been out there making sure you get all the presents you need. Hope you're also stocked up for all of the wonderful parties you'll be going to. Maybe the perfect wine or bourbon or tequila you're looking for to take. Uh, Maybe you're just going to have a party and you want to make sure you've got plenty on hand for all of your friends. New wines, local beers, accessories like rubs for your glass for special cocktails. They got it all at the Spirit Shop. That's Eddie Connor's place. Right there at uh, 4848 Poplar Avenue. That is Poplar and St. Nick. You know that little log cabin down from Clark Tower? Passed by it a million times. Been there since 69. And folks in East Memphis, really everywhere because it's in that major artery, they have been stocking up for the holidays for years just by going to see Eddie and his family. Do it again. You get an education on spirits, and they got everything you could possibly need at the spirit shop at Poplar and St. Nick. We travel to Atlanta. Our friend John Thompson, who you know is the head football coach at Fellowship Christian, um, and he's got some... Pretty good players, which is why they go to the playoffs every year. 
But he's got some Power 5 guys, which means coaches like Kirby Smart, Josh Heupel, Sam Pettin have all been paying visits. John Thompson, what have you learned from those guys? Is, is uh, for instance, Kirby Smart excited about playing in the bowl game against Florida State? Good morning. Good morning. Good, good to talk to you. It is, uh, it's been really interesting with these coaches, and you mentioned three of them there. Kirby's biggest problem is, is he hadn't had to motivate like he's got to this year. He's not right. playing for a national championship. He's done that for the last you know two years before this. So he um, he was really concerned about that. And they lost a backup quarterback to the transfer portal. And don't think they're going to lose many more. But this is really different for uh, for coaches. They're trying to recruit. They're trying to retain, and they're trying to uh, get the endorsements. Should we say get that ready with the with the NIL that is. Uh, I mean, it's turning into a, a an open bidding war for a lot of players. It, it, these guys are really shook up. It's nuts because um, so the the Florida State quarterback we know is out. That's why they didn't make the playoffs. That's at least their excuse to get the SEC in. Um, <laughs> and, and and now their their running back has opted out. That's Trey yep. Benson. Yep. So really, Georgia's going to play a team without their starting quarterback, without their starting running back. I mean, that's. That that is nuts. Um, it, it is. Yeah, it's a tough deal for Mike. Really tough deal for Mike Norvell, and to get that because they did everything. That's a hard. That's a hard sale. Kirby can at least say, "Hey, we didn't win the game, so let's go and do it." But but uh, Norvell's got a got a tough tough time with. I think the playoffs next year is going to help that. Dave, I, I really do. It's gonna, I, it's I gonna, it's gonna help the twelve teams. Let me ask you this seriously, and I, I don't, I don't mean to sound like a negative Nelly, but I, I'm, I'm trying to be realistic. Uh, you know, the, a, a ball like the AutoZone Liberty Bowl, I think, is always going to be pretty good because, yep. you know, yep. it's, it's the seventh oldest ball and the, the, all the festivities that come with it, and, and locals. You know they've supported this. There's like twenty five thousand that come every year. I, I don't know if that number is going down or not, but but it's it's been pretty solid. So there's no, I get it. It's a, it's a but, solid bowl for different reasons. But what's yep. what's going to happen to the bowls that aren't a part, like bowls that have done really well in the past that are not part of this mix? Because you know the first round of the playoffs are going to be at home sites. So what yep. do you think happens? to bowl games in the future because they really have less meaning. They've been exhibition games ever since the darn opt-outs for the NFL anyway, but now it'll become even more so. Well, the, the way the playoffs are set up next year, I, I really do. I think it's going to be better. You got you have 12 teams. I mean, it, it triples what it is in there now, so you, you're going to have very few opt-outs. You look at the you know the top four teams now. They don't have any opt outs or very little transfer. Uh, there's going to be a lot more interest. I, I don't think there's going to be as much moving. But then you you may not have a guy like hey if, if there was twelve this year, you wouldn't have Willie Fritz who who was the head coach at, at Tulane. He wouldn't be going to Houston right now. I don't think he would. I think he's still in the playoffs, so he would be doing that. But uh, Tulane is gone and taken their whole staff with them, and now they got to play in a bowl game, which, which that's going to make that um, very uncomfortable. Arkansas State, years ago, before I got to Arkansas State, when Freeze left, Hughes went, Hugh went to, um, it was Ole Miss, he went to Ole right. Miss. Ar- Arkansas State had to, had to rent some high school coaches to get them to, to coach in the bowl game. Uh, wait, 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 wait. Weren't you the interim oh, yeah. coach of oh, that game? Yeah. No, no, that, that was a year before. Year before, I mean, year after. Year after, so they went to the. Wait, wait, yeah, so and, wait a second. They literally hired high school coaches to coach in a bowl. High game? school, high school coaches. Well, that's, were that's, hired, that's almost a were, joke. Were, were were rented to go and and do that, and then uh, Malzahn came in. He left. I was the interim. Brian Harson came. He left. I was the interim. Uh, so there was some continuity with the interim. Anyway, I don't know if those two words have ever been used together. But it was, uh, you're going to see a lot less than that. I mean, with, with the, I think the playoffs are going to be a lot better. Now, some of the mid-tier bowls, you know, when, when you look at, hey, Georgia Southern played Ohio the other night. I don't know the name of the bowl game. But Georgia Southern had zero opt-outs. Ohio had five. 
and they routed them. Routed That's them. That's crazy. UCLA, UCLA had six. Boise had a couple. UCLA wins big. Hey, what's going to happen at, at Duke? Duke's got, you know, you got a coach right. leaving and yeah. do, Manny do, coming no, in. No coach, got, no quarterback. Their quarterback left to go to Notre Dame. He's gone. Yeah, they got seven guys. Troy's got two. Uh, in Birmingham, so who's that's uh, that's going to be you know interesting. Texas A and M's got eight; their transfers are opt out. Oklahoma State right now only has one, but um, mm. you know it, it just it, it's all and it goes back to the same question you asked earlier, Dave. I really believe, and this is a cliche with coaching; it all goes back to relationships. And Saban has said it; everybody says it. You know, you gotta you gotta recruit and retain your own roster. You've got to, and that takes time. You got to spend time with your players. You got to spend time on the road recruiting. You can't be, uh, you know, on the road and at home at the same time. But you got to do things that that enhance that relationship. If you don't have a uh, a healthy locker room, you're in trouble. If you don't keep in contact with your players, you're in trouble. It's just like your family. You got to get it right, man. I, and these coaches that have that have come in. You talked about, you know, Heupel came in and, and Sam Pittman came in. Kirby flew a hell of a, well, Kirby, I don't think Kirby was flying it, but Kirby landed right outside the lobby of our school in his helicopter. You don't think that what? didn't make it? What? Oh, yeah. How far Friends is Atlanta have, from, from Athens? Oh, probably an hour at the most. That's very showy. At the, very the, showy. Oh, oh, 100%. He went to two or three high schools around the place, I heard, but Oh, it was, uh, and that makes a lot of noise. It does a lot of blowing. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, wait let me ask you this. Did he go from your schoolyard or wherever the heck he landed? Did he then go to another school, like, around the other side? Away. Yeah, He got up, a half a mile away. but he landed again, right? Landed again. Yeah. Landed again. Yeah, that was. Well, they didn't run a car. What do you expect? <laughs> hey, well, that, you know, that's just the way to do it. It was a, it was, there were so many people excited. I mean, that's, you know, that's. That was Georgia that was coming in, and we got a we got a Power Five guy that you know everybody in the country is after. But uh, well, where, where's he going to go? Where, where's he going? Uh, you know, I mean, I, you, I I'm trying to get some of that NIL money too. That I, <laughs> I, 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 I could, you know, I might, is it legal <laughs> to give NIL money in Atlanta to high school in in Georgia? Yes, because it, it is in Tennessee. MUS has a couple guys on NIL. It, it is. I'm I'm very concerned about the guy that we have. Uh, that could be, he's just, you know, he's just a, a junior right now. So he's got another year. So they're coming in on a, on a 25 guy, not a 24. So, a, so a 25. I, uh, serious here, that that guy legally can get NIL. He, he, you guys can't pay him, but there's some collective or there is some sort of uh, group that yeah. it's legal yeah. for him to get it. Um, yep. How, how is that specifically working for him? Because it's not the college he's going to go to that that would would do that. He he's just doing that through a group for for the high school, correct? For the high school, or and he, he could transfer. I'm glad he's not listening to this radio show, but he he could transfer. There, you know, schools that tried to get him last year that uh, and now they can say, hey, we've got an NIL deal worth. I mean, you can put any amount on. You put six figures on it really easily if they want him that bad, and put it on there, and then he can transfer and be eligible. And now, isn't that crazy? Um, there there are there's nuts, a, there's man, a couple of nuts. schools in Chattanooga that are boarding schools. I don't know what they're paying, but they're, they're getting guys to come from Canada to play. <laughs> this is for high school, guys. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's a lot. That we, we get a lot of... Um, a lot of rumors about us. We don't give scholarships at our school, and we'd be a whole lot better if we did. Let me let me just say that. But the the back to the college coaches. I mean, they're they're really concerned about you know who's there's some guys that let's be honest that they want to to nudge out the door. A guy's not producing. Let's get him out. We got a better player that we can find in the portal. You know somebody else there. But you get, like Clemson. Clemson has, has and I'm just jumping all over the board, yeah. Clemson has two corners that have opted out of their game, their bowl game. That's a problem, man. Well, you, let me ask you this. Problem. i got to tell you where the problem's going to come in. I don't know how many great players would opt out of a playoff game. 
But the backup quarterback might. If he thinks he can go to another program right away and he's not going to play in the bowl game or in the playoff game because the quarterback's getting all the snaps and he wants to to, to ingratiate himself into this new system, uh, you're going to see guys even on playoff teams that opt out, that, that don't opt out necessarily, but that will go to the portal. Yeah, maybe so. I, I I think it'll be less. I um I I'm probably naive in that, but I I just believe that um, somehow there's going to be after this year there's going to be a, a, a somewhat of a calming down effect, and and where there'll be less opt outs, and there's going to be you know more interest and more. I just you know the 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 makeup of a team, the makeup, and and I know I'm being Pollyanna here about let's let's do it for the right reasons and and st- it used to be you would you would recruit a guy and you didn't know if he was psychologically ready to play college football and and mature enough i mean the guy's 16 17 18 years old well you had to just wait on him and it was a tough time and then you you dealt with him you take a guy like a, a guy comes to mind is, is, is pat Sertain, one of the best corners in the history of defensive backs, in, in my opinion. Played corner at Southern Miss and was an all-pro and player of the year for the Dolphins for a couple of years. He had a tough freshman year. He was good. He was talented. But he had a tough, tough freshman year. He stuck with it and then became one of the greatest players. Memphis. Look at what Memphis had. The year I was there in 1999, we had some really, really talented football players that we didn't go to a bowl that year, but if, but if we had them, uh, who knows what they had would have done. Or if the transfer portal was around, there would have been a lot of people knocking on their door. And we spent we spent a year trying to get that team right. And I just you know, coach, it, coaching is different now. Oh yeah, but you can't you can't give up. Oh, you can't give up the relationship. If you do that. It's all going to be short-term. It's all going to be – it's horrible. Well, it's – honestly, coaching is 180. All right, last thing. Since uh, Sam Pittman was also one of those guys that came by your your school to to chat about this five-star kid, you, of all people, know a lot about Fayetteville and the University of Arkansas. You were a coach there. Did you have a (laughs) chance to talk to him about Bobby Petrino coming back to BDOC? (laughs) Uh, actually, uh, Petrino called in to the office while Sam was there. So, uh, we all kind of had a, a, a little, uh, chat on the, uh, on the speaker for what, see, I've known Petrino like, like you have, but when Petrino was at Louisville as an assistant, I was at Memphis right. as an assistant. Then when I was the head coach at East Carolina, he was at Louisville. We, we've, uh, butted heads in a, in a lot of ways on and off the field, um, he is Sam Pittman is very happy. He thinks the the fans at Arkansas are very happy with him. Um, uh, they will be as long as they score points and win games. But it's uh, <clears throat> I was surprised. I was very surprised that, uh, and I, I I would think that there's a lot of people in the Arkansas administration, the Arkansas faculty, and the Arkansas uh, diehards that uh, that question that move. That question, that move in, in a lot of ways about, okay, here was a guy. I'm, I'm forgiven second chances. Look, I've had 15 second chances. I've, I'm, it's not about not having a second chance, but maybe, you know, not as, with as much fanfare, maybe not, not at the very same place. You've got to, I, I just think that's very dangerous. It's a win at all costs. It's a throw, uh, <clears throat> throw integrity and, and doing the right thing. To the win, and maybe maybe he's changed, and maybe he's um, he's going to do some good things. But uh, he wasn't that successful at Missouri State. He wasn't that successful at the end at Louisville, and he certainly didn't save Jimbo's job at Texas A and M. No. Uh, I hope he does well. I hope he does well, and uh, that's all I can really say about that. All right. We'll, <laughs> we'll talk more next week. I'm sure you'll have plenty to say then. Um, happy happy. Uh, Actually, next <laughs> next Monday is Christmas, so I'm going to have to move you. We will not be on the air. Can you believe that? And then the year after that, no. the week after that, no, I've, got I've got to move you later in the week, but I'll find out some space for you that's accommodating, okay? I'll, hey, I will change all my all my plans and just work them around you, okay? Yeah. Whatever, whatever well, I did, is. I did give you a lucrative contract. That's probably better than the NIL your five-star is going to get. 
Same as. We'll tie it to Have a great week, Dave. Thank you, man. Thanks for having me. Merry Christmas, John. Merry Christmas. Thank you. That's our coach, John Thompson, down in Atlanta late for a break. When we come back, Munzee on the Tigers. Need I say more? Broadcasting from the Family Leisure Studio, we are Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now, back to Wolo and Friends on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM, presented by Homer Skelton Hyundai. Here once again is the voice of the Tigers, Dave Woloshin. We welcome you back in. Time to talk about that Tigers victory, a classic at FedEx Forum on Saturday over previously unbeaten and 13th ranked Clemson. The best way to do that is to bring in our friend who covers the Tigers unlike any other from the commercial appeal. That would be Munzee. Jason Munz joins us now. Tell me, how do you win a game? When you're 4 of 26 from three-point range, you miss five free throws down the stretch to nail it. How do you win that game over a previously undefeated? Jason Munns? Good morning, Wolo. Yes, sir. Uh, Thank you for having me on again. Uh, how you win it? Well, you make, you're, you're Jake Juan Walton, and you make uh, two very critical free throws. That was part of it. Um, but no, like, I mean, honestly, to me, it. There's a lot of there's a lot of reasons that Memphis was able to go on and win that game, um, but none nothing nothing more than defense. I mean, like the way they just hounded, especially on that um, on that sequence. I think the, 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 the Clemson's possession may have started a little bit ahead of the one minute mark, and it. They forced the shot clock violation a little bit under the one-minute mark. Like, that was just a clinic in in in, in defense, um, in, in just stellar, stellar defense. And, uh, it, it, I mean, that, that to me, this, the, that was a sort of a, a microcosm of the entire game. Like, they got after Clemson from – from Go Go and uh, and 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 never let up and and honestly you know Brad Brownell talked about it in the post game Memphis talked about it in the post game just about how tired how I mean he Brad Brownell uh, Clemson's coach used the word exhausted yeah. when talking about uh, PJ Hall and you could see it if you go back and watch that play where Malcolm Dandridge comes up with the steal. He pokes the ball out of P.J. Hall's hands at the top of the key, and then he chases the ball down the sideline like an acrobat, walking that tightrope. And, you know, they go down, and he misses the layup, and Jalen Young gets the tip in. But if you go back and watch P.J. Hall on that sequence, he looked like he was wearing cement shoes. Like he was just, there was nothing he could do, and that was, a testament to the to the to the the defense that Memphis played and how much they wore those guys down over the course of the game. That kid is a terrific player. If you watch the way he releases the ball at the top of his shot, yep. it looks like Bill Walton. Look at it. I mean, he's okay. he he's really, I think, a terrific player. Now he did have a little comeuppance because he he made a oh, great yeah. play over Jordan and he did a little too small. I, I guess Malcolm should have done a little not fast enough if there is a sign for that. Um, <laughs> yeah, that would have been good. That would yeah. have. But um, that kid's a great player. That's a good team. I mean, that's a really good team. That's a Sweet 16 team that Memphis yep. was able to beat. I give you a lot of credit. Um, Memphis is about to play their third straight ranked team. You went back in time and found this will be the fifth time that that has occurred. How did you do that? That's like your stat. I mean, you're amazing to me. You found Memphis, that 30-day uh, vacation Between away from, from FedEx Forum. Yeah, that's yeah. the second longest in time. How did you find this stuff out where you had to go back and you found a 41-day gap back in right. 1952? That's crazy. I know it's there's probably easier ways to do it honestly but I just 
you know, I just pulled out the uh, the media guide and, you know, just uh, I, I put, put aside some time and went line by line. And, um, and yeah, like it, it, it's, it's, to me, that sort of stuff, like that sort of stuff is worth it when it's, it's when you're talking about things that rarely happen or have never happened. Um, I, I just, I love that stuff. Like I really, I really, 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 uh, get into the, the history and the context and all that stuff. Like, um, I, I yeah, that, 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 uh, that sort of stuff's fun to me. Uh, well, great job. I mean, it, it is really Thank interesting you. stuff. So will the Tigers be ranked today? They've now knocked off three teams that were ranked when the Tigers played them. Arkansas, at A&M, and now yep. Clemson previously undefeated and ranked 13th. Where will the Tigers be in the rankings here in about an hour? I feel like they'll probably be somewhere between 21 and 25. And I was telling somebody this earlier. My um, like barometer for whether or not Memphis is going to be ranked uh, I've learned there is an AP voter in New Jersey named Jerry Carino. And a few years ago, a couple years ago, when, when Memphis had Imani and Jalen Duran, and, you know, they had all this hype and they were pre, they were ranked in the preseason, I think 15th or, you know, somewhere in that range, um, is the last time they were ranked in the preseason. And I remember reading, uh, Jerry Carino's, um, like explanation, like sometimes these reporters and these voters will, um, like, you know, talk about, they'll write about their, um, why they their made ranking. their choice. Yeah. Yeah, and their rationales and stuff. And Jerry was one of the very few. He may have been the only one who did not put Memphis in his preseason top 25 a couple of years ago. And I, I've been paying attention to his stuff this season so far. He's not had them ranked at any point in the top 25. He does today. And that is what I think. I'm, I'm using him as the barometer. What did he put him at? He's got him at 24. So... Well, so, I, uh, so who's at 25, who's at 23 in his poll? Oh, boy. Get, uh, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Right. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll that. look it up. I'll look it up. Um, I, I think Memphis should be 23 or 22, and, and it's unfortunate. Had they been ranked higher to begin with, had they beaten Ole Miss and gotten into those rankings earlier, they might be in the top 15. All right, I've got it. You ready? Yeah. 25, he's got Clemson. Well, that's fair. They just beat him. Okay. And and twenty three, he's got Ole Miss. Wow. Well, Ole Miss beat them. So that yep. that's actually pretty fair. So this guy, what is like? Where has he got A and M out of the top twenty five? I think so. Um, yeah, they're they're out of his top twenty five. He's got Virginia at twenty one. Um, let's see. Yeah, he had Texas A and M out after Memphis beat him last week. So uh-huh. they weren't. They weren't even in there last week for him. But, uh, yeah, he said uh, for this week he also considered Auburn and Utah. But, um, but yeah, he's got uh, FAU at 12. Um, uh, so that's kind of interesting. But, uh, but yeah, yeah, I mean. I, 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 I know being ranked is good because when scores come on the ESPN ticker, it's always up there for the top 25. So you get more pub. You grab you, the casual fans' attention, I think. Do you think it helps in the mind of the selection committee for seating? I think it... Maybe. Maybe. Probably not. Like, probably not to the point where it's going to make the difference between, you know, a six-seat or a five-seat. You know, I, I don't think that the top 25 stuff is going to help you, um, you know level up by itself but i think it's just one of those things it's one of those unconscious things where when it, you know when the selection committee sits down i think it's like i said i think it's one of those unconscious things that it's probably better to have that number beside your name on selection sunday than it than if you don't um like let's be honest like do we think that if memphis after beating houston last year in the in the conference tournament championship if if like they had somehow gotten to the point where, you know, that game had been done in time for a new ranking and that got them to say number twenty three or whatever, do we think they would have been an eight seed? I don't think so. I feel like if Memphis had been ranked, uh, maybe that maybe that does put them over the edge and you know up a seed line because they've got a number next to their name. Who knows? 
but um, but I do think it 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 doesn't hurt. It certainly doesn't hurt to have that number next to yeah. your name. Yeah. All right. Next question. It's twofold. Will Naquan Tomlin play tomorrow night? And where is the ill, sick, fluey, COVIDy <laughs> Jordan Brown? Uh, your guess is as good as mine on Jordan. Um, you know, nobody even asked Penny about him uh, after the game, after the Clemson game, just because there was so much other stuff to talk about, and it's dragged out now for weeks. But I mean, the last thing that I, you know, uh, the last information that I got about Jordan Brown is that he is still part of the team, that he is still a member of the program. I do not know if that means that he will be forever. Uh, you know, for the rest of the year, uh, I don't know if it means he's ever going to come back and play. Um, but I know that there's not been like, you know, they haven't like taken his name off of his locker. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I, I think that that's where they are, and I think uh, that's the last I heard. So, um, and then as far as Naquan Tomlin, you you know, he was in the building. He was at uh, the game the other day. Uh, everybody saw him, and uh, he was in the stands. Um, so. I, <laughs> I'm going off my gut here um, and, and just sort of reading the tea leaves and the writing on the wall. I, I would be mildly surprised if he is if he is not at least on the bench. Um, I don't I don't know. I think he'll play, but I'm not ready to say definitely he will play. Like, you know, anything can happen. You know what I mean? Like uh, To the best of my knowledge – they have to post grades tomorrow or Wednesday by Wednesday okay. morning. But if you get proof from professors earlier that he passed your class, you can play him. So they may be in the midst of doing that. I'm not sure. But we we shall see. You predicted Memphis over Virginia. I hope that you are correct. Next Monday is Christmas. We're going to put you next Wednesday at 1025 if you can accommodate. Absolutely. Anything for you. Oh, you're my man. Thank you much. <laughs> Munzu, we right. appreciate it. I'll see you tomorrow night at FedEx Forum. It's going to be another classic. I can't wait. Me too. That's our guy. That is Jason Munz from the Commercial Appeal. He is brought to you in part by Grind City Brewing, another Memphis classic. Another taste of Memphis. Grind City Brewing has been taking care of beerness in Memphis for a while now. It started off as a father and son dream. And my gosh, they made it a beautiful reality. Go see the place just north of downtown. You got a view of downtown. You got a view of the bridges. They got a beautiful picnic area with uh, tents and picnic tables. And then the brewery, which is modern and beautiful, where you can buy the product is right there. Of course, you can get it. Spirit Shop, all places all over town. You can get Poppy's Pills, the Pilsner, that is their number one seller. You can get the Pale Ale, the Godhopper. You can get the Amber Lager, the Thaddeus. If you like, a Blue Moonish kind of thing, the Belgian-style wheat ale. They got the Belga. They got it all for you. A taste of Memphis, taking care of beerness in Memphis for a while now. It's Grind City Brewing. That'll do it for us. We'll be back tomorrow morning. Johnny Radio comes your way. He's right around the corner. Have a great day, everybody.